Another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, coming to you live-ish from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, for this episode, kicking off this week of shows, going to go back to my my uh, sort of adopted hometown, hometown in my heart of Washington, D.C., the town we just left, uh, to talk about a band that is uh, one of the best bands in the land, but certainly in Washington, D.C., talking about XX. They have a new album out called It's Real. Uh, this power trio, which is uh, fronted by Mary Timoney, but also includes Betsy Wright and Laura Harris, uh, put out a really fucking fantastic album in 2014 called Rips. Uh, it was on Merge Records, and it, it, it was sort of an evolution of the work that Mary has done her whole life, but also um, the work that she was doing in Wild Flag. It was fun. It was powerful. It was rocking as fuck. And uh, I think it changed the game a little bit. And so since then, they've enjoyed great success, and they have toured the world. And uh, but it was it was up in the air. Like I didn't know. I don't think any of us knew. Is there going to be another album? They're all involved with other projects. Uh, Betsy went on to do Bat Fangs, another great album. Came out I think in twenty eighteen. And uh, and and then all of a sudden it was like, holy shit! There's a new XX album coming, and now it's out. Uh, and it is uh, it is more rocking, I think than any of us could have hoped for. It is here to save the universe, if you if you will. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that for this episode, and then we're going to be um, talking about a little band from D.C. called Loyloy on Blight Records, our friends from Blight Records. Uh, they're putting out a lot of great stuff there. If you haven't seen them, check them out. But but Loyloy uh, put out an album earlier this year, and this was one of those things we wanted to get and talk with them before we left. DC, but we didn't get a chance. But the album's fantastic, so we're going to play a single from that. So uh, that is what we're going to be doing. If you're into that and you want to hang out, then let's do it. Before we get into the XX discussion, though, I'm going to give you a little taste of of what you're in for, and uh, you're going to hear a little bit of Tough Enough, which is the lead-off track. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by our good friends Michael Zwern and Paul Vodra of Hometown Sounds is going to be on this. So if you're ready to rock and roll, kids. Let's go. This is X-Hex and the amazing uh, Tough Enough off of It's Real.
That's a little bit of Tough Enough off of X-Hex's second album now. Uh, it's Real. The album is real. Joining us to talk about this are some uh, D.C. natives, sort of, or people have been there. You guys qualify for Mr. Michaels Warren, welcome back. Hello, Kevin. Uh, how is the old HQ holding up? <laughs> it's for sale for a lot of fucking money. It, it looks good. It looks better than it does underwater, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Uh, also, for the first time on Discologist, Mr. Paul Vodra, you are uh, – how should I describe you, Paul? Uh, in very glowing terms, please. Okay, okay. Uh, you no, you are you are one of the um, one of the touch points of, of one of the the bigger advocates of DC music. Uh, you run a, po- a podcast called Hometown Sounds. Yeah, uh, you were putting on shows at the Millennium Stage there. That's correct. And uh, and you have been doing this for as long as we have been doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it was sad to leave you behind, but glad via the. The magic of the internet, we can we can talk once again. Mm-hmm, uh, and 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 you're on this because XX is truly a DC band, right? Yes, indeed. It's uh, made up of Mary Timoney, Betsy Wright, uh, Laura Harris. Uh, you can see all of them in various incarnations and jobs. Honestly, hanging at the Black Cat over the past few years. Yep. Um, and you know, in 2014, which I can't believe it's been that long. Five uh, years. Yeah, yeah, Rips came out. Um, off the off the heels of of Timoney's sort of, sort of reemergence into the scene with Wild Flag, and uh, it was unexpected, and it was it was great, and I, I didn't know if they were going to make another album. To be quite honest, everybody doing their own thing, but they're back uh, with a slightly different sound. Um, so I, I guess who wants to get into this first? Uh, I'll defer to Paul because he can put it in a little context, yeah. but. But I'm so happy to have XX back, so I'm just happy to talk about them. So, Paul, what, what do you yeah, have to yeah. say? Yeah, I mean, this album just rocks. The whole band yeah. rocks. Um, they're just all about rocking and having fun, and it's it's really great. Um, yeah, I mean, having those people, uh, longtime members of many bands in the DC scene, uh, coming together and and you know making something very crowd pleasing. And clearly having a really good time doing it. Uh, it just made it made everybody feel good. It made everybody happy uh, that we had something like this to point to and say, you know, DC isn't just, um, you know, the stuff that people know about. You know, the Wale, the Gold Link, uh, the the yeah, Angular the Punk or whatnot. You know, we can yeah. we can have a good time, and um, and you know, it's just it's 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 really fun. Yeah, fun is the key word, and that's something I don't. I don't think we necessarily. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, people have associated that with DC music in general, right? Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah, and, it's very and, and specifically. I, I think when when X Hex first came out with Rips, I didn't associate Mary Timoney with being that much fun either. <laughs> that was mean of <laughs> right. Right. I sort of thought of her as being difficult, you know, angular, awkward, creepy songs from the Helium era. And then, you know, her own records under the solo stuff were not really, you know, they were not really fun albums. But then Wild Flag came out and that was super fun. And then Rips came out and it was it was the most unabashedly joyous rock album of that period to come out. And it came out from someone who was not known for just being an unabashed rock person. And it was partly so good because it was so unexpected uh, coming from her. And it was just a, you know, it was just a raucous celebration of, of 
rock music. And now she's come back a couple of years later and done it again with a little bit different direction than Rips was, but equally enjoyable, equally extroverted, equally enthusiastic. And that's why I'm so happy to have her back. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and I don't know. I believe uh, back when we talked about Rips, uh, I might have called it ass rock. And I, and I meant that as a, as a compliment. You know, the uh, people joke about like the type of music that I really love, but it is um, this particular type of like 70s, late 60s music. Some people call it garage rock, but like T-Rex is like way up in the mix here. And I think that's really the big difference in this is is that rather than try to do anything else, they – um, you know, th- there's a interesting line in their press release where they try to compare it to art rock and glitter covered hard rock songs. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that was a little bit on rips. You know, maybe they were trying to achieve something. This they're just like going, going for the throat and and producing stuff that like records like T-Rex used to make um, that just rock. I, and, and I think what's important about them doing that besides um, besides it showing that that this particular side of dc um is that uh it, it's women doing it mm-hmm. yeah this is definitely and, feminist in, in a in a very positive way yeah yeah and and i don't I, I, do you think feminist is the right word or just or just like uh you know the women are smarter women are doing it better you know because this, 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 look this music appeals to uh for lack of this is gonna be the second time i've said this uh this year on this podcast uh, it appeals to meatheads, right? But there, but if you dig into uh, uh, Mark Boland's work with T Rex and stuff, that you understand the nuance and the songwriting in there, and you know maybe you want to call it jock rock, maybe ass rock or anything. But we don't see, except for bands like Joan Jett, except for bands like The Runaways, um, Cherry Glazer. You, you, we haven't typically seen that, and we haven't seen that in a long, long time. Um, and I think it is. It may be like this is just the easiest thing to sell to people, right? Like, do you like rock and roll? <laughs> <laughs> I think it could be fun too. To you know, there are plenty of women that are you know into that kind of music as well. The the you know the sort of masculine swagger, um, and yeah. I think you know to say it's feminist. I think in in the sense that uh, women can be equals to men, and I think to say that women yes. can be equals to men in this genre, I think can be celebrated. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and we know all that. It's just sort of sad that people don't, in general, don't know all that. Right. Um, I want to play. I want to play a little song that uh, I, I think is a good example of, of what I'm talking about. Uh, Rainbow Shiner, which was the latest single that was out, is just a straight like guitar rock. It's fucking savage, and um, you know I, I don't care if it's made in 2019 or 1979. It fucking rocks. So here's Rainbow Shiner off of the XXs. It's real.
um, having just watched the the Motley Crue documentary or <laughs> biopic on on Netflix called The Dirt, uh, put Vince Neil uh, as vocals on that track. Put uh, Stephen Piercy from Rat on that, and you have a very very different dynamic. Uh, that, but it's still like, it's just, it's just fucking rock and roll, man. Mm -hmm. And, um, again, the, the, the uh, efficacy of, of what Timony is doing and what this band is doing with this is kind of, that's what really is blowing my mind about this band that it's, it's no holds barred, but it's also not apologizing for being such a pure shot of it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll quickly talk a little bit about something. You didn't mention. I think the Go Go's deserve a little bit of credit here. There are some Go Go's on this record. It's like there's a song that I think we're going to talk about where I could imagine the Go Go's performing a Def Leppard song, and you've got XX. You've got the you've yeah. got the harmonies. <laughs> you got the the girlish enthusiasm, and you got the heavy riffs. It's like Go Go's with a heavy metal guitarist, and you could have this record. And I'm more on the the power pop punkish influences than on the than the heavy metal hard rock influences, but Timmy just slashes on the guitar. I mean, she just has these huge riffs on every one of these songs and it's just so unabashed. It's like, she is a well-trained, highly tuned guitar player. She's a guitar tech. I think she teaches people how to play guitar. She does, but here, she, she taught Lindsay from snail. Right, and here she just riffs, you know, just these big chords. Yeah. And so it's just unapologetic about it. And that's what, threw me back to this era that you're talking about the heavy metal hard rock side. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's the power pop bits in there too. The, the, the girl group chorus. And that's sure. what threw me into the mind of the go-go's first couple records. And the very first bangles EP too, when they were more on the rock end and gone less toward the syrupy pop side, but you could totally hear that ancestry on the women's side as well too. And it's not overtly feminist. I think it's just the idea that, women can do this kind of rock music as well and un, as unapologetically as other yeah. head guys could. Yeah. And that's, that's actually, that's actually my whole point is that, you know, Timony is, has, uh, we're roughly the same mm -hmm. age. And, and, and so, uh, and as are all of us speaking right now, and we all have this shared history of this, of when this music was sort of in its prime. Um, the Go-Go's I think are a really good example because they don't get their, mm -hmm. their, uh, proper credit as being this type of band you know you know some of the hits but you don't understand how punk as fuck they were um and and so it makes me wonder uh in in more outside like from a ten thousand foot view like why why would why would we ever have just considered this type of music like meathead rock dude rock and and not understood that it's just sort of a, a force of nature it's one of the segments of the dna of music of rock and roll and anybody can make paul you got any ideas i don't know i mean it a lot of it is just the history of it you know when it was in its prime yeah. in the mid to late 80s uh you access know, yeah i mean you had mtv playing the music videos with the dudes with the giant hair and, yeah, and yeah. you know that was you know there there were some some instances of it like Joan Jett and um, but really I think I feel like the it was the programming at the time that sort of you know designed the aesthetic and drove how everybody uh, associated with it and so and nowadays I feel like it is a little bit more democratic yeah and, and so yeah. you know something like this can can just sort of naturally flourish where 
they they specifically said, you know, we want to reference this era of music and we want to do it in our way and we don't care if anybody, you know, wants to put us on the radio or whatever. We just want to make it and, and see where it goes. And I think it's it's got legs and it's going far. Yeah, because like if you if you think about like there there was always like one representative. You you mentioned Joan Jett, so you could have a Joan Jett, but there weren't many outside of Joan Jett that really got that Lita mainstream Ford. appeal. It's like, yeah, Lita Ford. There yeah, um, it was also in the Runaways uh, with with Joan Jett, and you know, so it was like these gatekeepers, basically dudes, uh, <laughs> weren't letting necessarily this happened and you still see that um, there's like there was like the old one yes. women-led band in a festival lineup kind of idea mm. you couldn't have more than yeah, one yeah 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 for sure it's it's um you know and and so it's it's sort of an ugly history with that uh and and i love that they are making this argument whether intentionally or not i think they're just here to rock but you know making <laughs> this argument that like uh we don't have to celebrate that history we could just do the fucking thing man <laughs> so um just quickly paul ahead. you mentioned the aesthetic you know of the 80s and the rock videos and the concerts and that big hair and everything like that there's an interesting aesthetic that x hex has has developed with the psychedelia and the neon colors and the bright you know science fiction videos and everything like that i think their aesthetic mm-hmm. is actually tilted more toward the 60s and the psychedelic rock era than it is towards the era that the music that they're playing kind of derives from. And I think that that's kind of an interesting artistic choice. I know this, um, you guys probably saw this, that Mary Timoney put together a Spotify playlist of some of the songs that influenced the making of this record. There was a lot of meathead rock, certainly, but there was also like yeah. Rokey Erickson and the 13th floor elevators and some of that weird yeah. science fiction influence stuff. And that's, I think that's a nice thing for X hex to kind of like play into some of the more theatrical uh, psychedelic bits of their musical ancestry. I've enjoyed their uh, their very funny music videos. They've got some weird, creepy things going on, uh, <laughs> and they've got an entertaining visual sensibility too, which is good. Because frankly, if you look at the '80s hard rock bands, they were incredibly stultifyingly boring visual images a lot of the time. It was just the you know the stereotypes of the big hair, the guitars, the women with the bikinis, and it's like, oh, this is so tedious. But X Hex right. is a lot more fun, and I think that's Mary Timoney's creative imagination, and Betsy Wrights and the other members uh, as well at work. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, I, you know, I think they can come at it from a from an outside perspective and say uh, this is this is good stuff. You know, this this eighties era hard rock, but what it needs is some psychedelic <laughs> uh, influences, some some you know visual touches, and you know to to look back and say that we can mix these two together and it'll be great, and that's that's what they do. Yeah, they they do it on a on a, a song uh, very specifically in the title at least uh, called Another Dimension. Um, let's let's hear a little bit of that right now.
that was my favorite song off of this album. And, and part of the reason why, um, it, it's very clear that the band is, is just having a good time together. But one of yeah. the things that they have been doing on social media is that there is a, an ice cream sh- store in DC called Mount Desert Island Ice Cream. And, and it's in Mount Pleasant. And they have named a flavor for XX and it's called Another Dimension. <laughs> oh, and they oh, and XX actually man. made a little video for it and and in the in the video like they're rehearsing and then Betsy's lying on the ground and they're like, "Oh no, what's wrong?" and she says, "I just need some ice cream." So they go over to the the ice cream store and and they're you're asking, "You know, can I have a flavor that has like chocolate chips but also like ripping guitar riffs?" and it's just really silly. <laughs> and, and very poorly shot, but it's really fun and you could just tell that that these these three women are are like that it's one of those one of those scenarios where three people come together or four people or however many and and rehearse and start writing songs and it it just clicks, it just works. And Mary Timoney has been, you know, sort of a fixture in the DC scene for so long, you know, grew up next door or down the street from Ian MacKay and played in, in discord bands, mm-hmm. did these solo albums where, uh, I was reading some, some interviews with her where they, she was very depressed and, and was writing these really sad songs that apparently came very easily. And, and I, I have never met Mary Timoney, but she really does seem like a, a really lovely person, uh, really into her students and really into, mm-hmm. Recording, yeah. uh, you know, EPs for for new for new bands and and getting it all working, and so to see somebody a beloved figure like that, like just you know, kind of coming into uh, a, a really amazing thing that is finally being appreciated by everybody. I saw that um, in Times Square, there's a billboard for yep. the new X right. album. Right. So the fact that it's being appreciated everywhere, I think, is is well deserved. <laughs> That's that's a lot to do her her pop chops. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know that that you talked about, Michael. You know, if you um, that that song, the the other dimension that you're talking about is is love. To be clear, you know, and a relationship. And there's there's a line in here, um, like you're a frequency no one can hear but me, and you hang around on a wavy sound. Um, And then uh, the pre-chorus for the song is, and I'm not going to let you fade away, but I don't have the power to make you stay. That is the stuff of pop legend. That is what literally Uh like 99.9% of all songs have been written about. Yeah. Can I tell you my one little funny Mary Timoney story? So I've only met her once, but I was at a show by the Flamin' Groovies, the late 60s, 70s San Francisco power pop band at the Rock and Roll Hotel. And this is all like her like formative year musical influences from the power pop era. And Mary Timoney and Betsy Wright, and I think the entire band were there. They were having such an awesomely fun time. You could see how much fun they were having. And I was talking to Mary Timoney because I was I was going to see X-Hex like literally the next week at the 930 Club. And she was just unabashed that this is – this power pop stuff, this pop uh, – these pop kind of – riffs that you reference you know like the idea that the person you want you can't make stay those are classic sort of mm-hmm. pop uh tropes in songwriting uh that was that was kind of what formed her musical listening as a, as a young person and then she's kind of stuck with that from the ramones and the undertones and the buzzcocks and cheap trick and petty and then she yeah. got that that heavier stuff in too from the discord era and from the 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 butt rock era but when i saw x hex once at the 930 club the, where, where I'm going to see them again next month, I think. 
they did uh, an old power pop song called All Kinds of Girls, which is by a, a you know, one hit wonder called the, the Real Kids. And they had, you know, they had just seen them at the Flame and Groovy show. So these are people who love pop music. They love the, yeah. the catchiness and the tunefulness and the energy. And then, of course, she's got the skills. She can do all this other stuff. And the, the Helium mm-hmm. records go all over the place. The Autoclave stuff, which I think is being reissued, goes all over the place. But, I mean, she loves pop music. And she loves the the rock riffs. And she loves the stuff that you can just shake your head and put your, put your devil's horn up in the air and just riff out to. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to note, too, that, you know, what, what we're talking about, about that just sort of base pop um, main ingredient, you know. In 2019, I think we've gotten really far away from that. I think there is some good pop, and, and I know you're a bigger fan of, of modern pop music than I am, uh, Paul. But, like, I, you know, I think we've gotten further away from it where people maybe are interested in um, experimenting, whether or not that's like an unprecedented experiment or, or just um, – you know, they just haven't heard it before. Then, then crafting the solid song first, um, and seeing a band do that again, uh, it, it's an instant like gut reaction, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it takes it takes a lot of skill to make a, a really good pop song. And, I agree. And and it, it's a strange time that we're living in with music discovery and and how people find all this stuff that that uh, a lot of people listen to Spotify playlists. And, you know, I think I, musicians are either sort of going deep into themselves and getting weird and experimental and don't really care so much about like building a, a large following or it's becoming, you know, so algorithmically uh, produced right. that it's not very interesting. And, and, and so, you know, if they're just chasing, chasing the, the clicks on, on Spotify. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, to, to, to find somebody that is just hitting the sweet spot that, you know, just is making good stuff without really, you know, trying to be, uh, you know, something that everybody can like and, and just putting it out there honestly and, and making, making it succeed in, in a lot of places I think is really great. Yeah. And, and I want to be clear, like it, it does take all kinds, like it takes all kinds of those music to make any of this work. Yeah. Um, there's a place for all of it. Um, it's just when stuff gets out of balance, like we, we know from, I, I consider it actual science, you know, what the, the construction of a song to make it pleasing to us, um, universally is so, um, and, but and you don't want that all the time, right? Right. You want, you want the comet is coming sometimes <laughs> you want, um, yeah. you want some crazy free jazz or some, from, uh, some noise core or, uh, you know, and, and all these uh, genres, I think, are represented in the musicians of DC. I think DC is is a was when I was there and continues to be a very diverse scene um, that could use a little more support uh, as far as the talent that's there, uh, even if that talent is transient. Uh, to that end, what uh, and this is sort of for both of you, like what you know, what does an album like this that is an instant success? Um, knowing the makeup of the city, uh, uh, you know, where th- there's mass gentrification occurred, it's that that war got lost, uh, but that uh, y- you have these very diverse scenes, you have in many cases 
culturally black music versus culturally white music. Uh, there is a lot of interplay in it. And, you know, I always felt there that in some ways there was a lot of resentment so that you have like something like this pop up and it's like, well, why them? Well, I mean, why them? I mean, they kind of, they kind of deserve it. Uh, you know, they've, they've been around for a long time. They're, they're clearly have the chops. Um, and, and I th- does it, does it, does it, does it, I guess what I'm asking is like, do you think this is, this is a good thing for the DC scene? I mean, and, and I'll go on record as like, I think it's very good. Oh, because yeah. I think it, shi- it shines a light on DC. Yeah. And, and there have been some other really good instances of, of DC bands, uh, breaking out recently. I think bad moves, uh, has mm-hmm. done well. Um, priest, flasher, flasher priest. Yep. Um, uh, the Mesthetics, who are opening for X Hex at the nine thirty club. Um, so all of these are, are putting, are putting DC on the map because I feel like they are all trying to be representative of, of DC and not just like, Oh, we're a band who cares where we're from. Uh, you know, that they're, that they have history, that they're part of it. Um, which is definitely very good for, for, the outside world thinking that there's something cool going on in DC, not just that there's one band uh, yeah. that happens to be here that's breaking out, but, but what people are excited about is a scene um, and like, Oh, well, what else is happening in that scene? Uh, you yeah. Know, what do I not know about yet? What, you know, what can I dig around and, and be the cool person that knows about this band before everybody else? Uh, because be- none of these people would be, would, would tell you that they are uh, representative of the entire scene. Oh, right. Yeah. No, definitely not. Yeah. No. They they would be like, hey, we, you know, this is one part of it. Now, now that we've got you in the door, mm-hmm. you know, hang out, look around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, a question for Paul. Though. So, when you're like looking for who to present at uh, the Millennium Stage or who to put together a a theme show for, I mean, you're looking for these connections, right? You're looking for connections among musicians and different scenes, people who can sort of complement one another, who who play off one another. Where does Mary Timoney, with her experience and her seniority in D.C., kind of fit into that? Uh, I mean, she is definitely a mentor to a lot of musicians. She, Like we've said, she is a teacher and has taught, uh, taught a lot of them and has, you know, I, I have definitely seen when we are, are talking about like a, a new EP by a young punk band that they, uh, that their EP was produced by Mary Timoney. Yeah. And we're like, wow, how about that? That's really cool. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I feel like she's going to be somebody that it, it, it continues to rep the scene really well, uh, you know, with like, Oh, you know, casual mentions or, you know, this person's opening for us or, you know, anything like that, which I think is really, really valuable. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when I've yeah. seen her, uh, when I saw her at the 930 a couple of years ago, they had Mac McCon from Port of Static and uh, and uh, the whole merge scene. Super Super merge, uh, yeah. the, the whole he, like he is the label. Uh, you know, he was playing with them, but yeah, they've got Mesthetics playing uh, next month or May or whenever that is. And so that's a local band. I mean, a band that has a lot of attention already. But it's good to good to spotlight the local folks. I don't know who they tour with. I presume they when they're touring around, they're bringing other artists in front of them. A lot of time, well, a lot of times they did Speedy Ortiz wow, um, yeah. for Rips. And that, that, yeah, um, and that's a, that's a different type of thing than this. Uh, Speedy Ortiz, uh, not necessarily my jam, but I, I uh, very much respect Sadie Dupuis' talent mm-hmm. and, and, and her bands there. But that, I'm also not a 90s freak, so <laughs> um, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, to Timony being an ambassador, I also want to 
say, I don't feel it is, it is any of these people's responsibility to be an ambassador. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, Timoney is a guitar teacher who makes some really good music in DC um, and, and is informed by her time in DC. And she is aware of stuff like, you know, the go-go scene or the hip hop scene. And, and you, and you'll see all these people like that out at the shows, but uh, bless you. But, um, but uh, you know, that doesn't mean that she necessarily has a responsibility. I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is the responsibility is on us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, I take that responsibility and, yeah. you know, I'm trying to I, I, and, do and, that all the time. And by, and by us, I mean the fans. Oh yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. I consider myself a super fan. Uh, and yeah. just trying to share my fandom with as many other people as I can. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and, uh, that's why you're talking about XX right now. Yes, indeed. On the biggest music podcast in the land. No, it's not. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah. So look, the album, let's, let's get a consensus. The album kicks ass. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. So that, that's all you need to know. If you're listening to this, um, XX's It's Real is out now. We are going to take a quick break. Uh, thank you for hanging out, Michael. Thank you for hanging out, Paul. Always. Hope to talk to both of you sooner rather than later. And uh, we'll be back in a few seconds. Sweet. It's Real is available everywhere. You can buy fine records. It's out from the good folks at Merge. They have a 30th anniversary coming up. I think we're going to do a little special on that. Maybe uh, hopefully try to talk to them. I, don't, I haven't reached out to them yet, but uh, I don't know. Matt, you want to come on? Reach out. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to PJ or something. Who knows? Anyways, they're a remarkable record label. That is a remarkable album. That is a remarkable band. Uh, and you'll probably be able to see them out on tour in your town soon. In the meantime, uh, just just get the fucking record, kids. Get the record because it rocks. Speaking of things that rock, I want to talk to you right now about a band out of Washington, D.C. Going to keep it in our hometown, keep it in Washington, D.C., our old hometown. Uh, Loy Loy, out on Blight Records on, on February 15th. Me Dystopia is the, sort of the project of, of the main force behind it, Christy Delasco. She is the sibling of Johnny Fantastic, our good friend Johnny Fantastic, who you've heard on this podcast. And... You know, this is like many things on Blight. It, it has a has a little edge to it. It has a little. It's it's sort of skewing against the norm. Except this is more. Uh, if you like synth pop, if you like new wave, if you like that stuff by way of the eighties, I'm saying if you're like as old as me, then this is fascinating shit because it's using an idiom, an idiom that uh, has long been gone to talk about stuff that's personal, political. Talk about stuff that's sexual. Talk about stuff that's powerful. Uh, talk about her experience in the world, and uh, it's it's a great album, and uh, it's been getting great reception, great reviews. So I wanted to let you guys hear about it in case you hadn't, and to do that, we're going to play a track from it. So hang tight before we finish this out. Here's a little track off of Loy Loy's Me Dystopia called Do You Want to Start a War? The time is short, so tell me what you really
Start a war from Loy Loy right there. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. I love the album. And uh, we'll, we'll try to get her on to talk about uh, this project because uh, it's great. It's it's the whole the whole album. It's more of that, except just exponentially better. Each track is just better than the last. Uh, so go out and get it. I, I just bought it today on Bandcamp. You can do that too. But I think it's on streaming services. And, uh, and then check out Blight records like the the blight record catalog see see what they have up there that you like luna honey are friends of ours uh blight records in fact has her table from her old hq if you believe that uh it's true it is true uh that's it we're out of here we're gonna be back on thursday i think talking about garcia peoples so if you haven't heard cosmic cash go out and do that that was uh two years ago i think maybe last year by garcia peoples but natural facts is coming out on friday we're going to talk to you about it on Thursday. Until then, just sort of hang out. Be good to each other, guys. And uh, we'll be back in a few short days. Talk to you soon.